Our military sounds like it's coming around nicely, especially that's especially important when uh, we're within this chaotic world. By the way, I'm being sarcastic. Donald Trump does something I think he should have done a long time ago, and I think a lot of politicians should start trying to do. And racism, 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 it's everywhere. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right, well, before we get to get to the topics today, I got to tell you something. First off, a few things. Yesterday, I, I think I was we were talking about the Great Reset, and... Uh, I, I had called the guy Charles Schwab. Oops, it's not Charles Schwab. It's Klaus Schwab. Uh, he's a German. Um, the reason that's important is because he's been writing a ton of books about the subject. So if you ever wanted to read anything about it, uh, he's got two books. He's got a couple of books that I think are really important. Uh, one of the books you should actually read is called... Uh, is by Glenn, Glenn Beck. It's called The Great Reset. That's a very good book. You know there's got to be some truth to the book because it was ba- it's basically you can't get it on Amazon. It's, it's something that was bad. I had to go to Barnes & Noble to actually find this thing. But the other uh, book is, the other two books that are have been written in the last year is by Klaus Schwab. One of them is called, sorry, it took me a bit to find him, is called the COVID-19, The Great Reset. That was written in October of 2020. And The Great Narrative, which is the second book, uh, it was written in 2021, I think November 2021 sometime. Now, let's understand something about Klaus Schwab. This is not a guy who is... uh, uh, a Mickey Mouse guy. This guy is the head of the World Economic Forum. That's the group that is basically a group in Germany on world econ- world economics. That's that's what they're doing. Now, these books talk a lot about what his goals are, what the goals of the world economy are. It is a very he is supported by a lot of people, and I'm saying people as in bipartisan Democrats and Republicans. That's the whole thing. The Great Reset isn't a Democratic thing. It is It is Republican things too. Um, McConnell, a lot of those guys are into it. But I, I give you both versions. I'm giving you what Klaus Schwab, on the a proponent for the Great Reset, and Glenn Beck, who is an opponent for the Great Reset. So right off the bat... The beauty of book Beck's book, believe it or not, is not the book itself, because Beck is kind of a doom and gloom guy. Unfortunately, he's right a lot. A lot of people don't realize he is right a lot, um, and he's wrong a lot, and he, admit, he he's wrong sometimes, and he admits he's wrong. But what's interesting about Beck's books is that he had his half his book is nothing but uh, passages on uh, resources. And it's very good if you're interested in, in actually learning a little bit about that. And you should, because we are now in that model. We are heading towards that model. And the United States is not going to have a choice. And some of the panic I made yesterday, some of the things I said yesterday, they may seem way out there. They may seem it's not crazy. It's not insane. And we're already heading in that direction. 
For example, the idea that you're never going to own land again is something cars, is something that Klaus Schwab actually talks about in his book. And if you look in if you look in the world order right now, if you look in the United States, what's happening with property? Property is being bought out by BlackRock and they've been doing it the last two years because people had no money. They couldn't buy land. And the idea is you will never own land again. This is happening now. And this is all to plan. It's very interesting stuff. Uh, I This is why it's important to understand it and start asking questions and start, we need to start pushing back against this. So I'm very passionate about this. Uh, I don't think we're heading towards communism or socialism. I think we're heading to a hybrid of the two, but they're just as bad. And I mean, we're still talking. Uh, yesterday, Joe Biden said we are heading towards food shortages. I mean, hello. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, the other thing um, before I get started is what an NCAA tournament this year. March Madness is insane. Yesterday, I'm still watching it. I know it's it's Friday morning. I'm watching all of Thursday's games. Uh, two number ones, Arizona and Gonzaga, got kicked off yesterday. Right now, I'm watching Duke and Texas Tech. Duke is ranked number two, Texas Tech number three, and so far, Duke's down thirty. Or te- uh, Texas Tech is up thirty-three twenty-nine. I mean, seriously, could we have four upsets in the same uh, blessed day? Uh, that would just be amazing. Anyway, let's get to uh, let's get to the fun stuff here. So. Uh, what is the best way to train an army? I was in the army. I, I'm sure the 18 people that listen to this probably had some military experience. What's the best way to train an army, right? How about changing the physical fitness so it can so women can join? According to military.com, the army unveiled its controversial new fitness test on Wednesday, a dramatically revamped set of requirements for soldiers that replaced standards created in 1983 after years of limbo and broad skepticism from many of the uh, in the service, including the secretary of the army. Now army leaders are ready to start measuring troops with Army Combat Fitness Test, or ACFT, which is finally set in stone following numerous tweaks and modifications. Soldiers will begin testing, taking tests for their record for the first time in years, starting in October. Now, I used to have to test. When I was in the Army, we did have to do, we did have to do push-ups. They, they have, we had to do push-ups, we had to do uh, uh, a lot. What, what's that one with the, the leg? We had to do leg tucks. We didn't have to throw. We did have to run. There were only three things in the, that we were tested for. Upper body strength, core strength, and speed. That's what we were tested. Uh, and we were tested for a reason. And we were, and we worked, we worked up. We had to be able to do all that stuff by the end, by we had to meet minimum standards by the end of basic. People were kicked out of the army if they could not meet. For example, if you couldn't do a pull-up, eventually you'd just be kicked out of the army. Okay. Sergeant Major of the Army, Michael Grinston, the service's top enlisted leader, told reporters Monday, quote, I'm really proud we're moving forward. We're there. We're doing it. This is the test. Well, I bet you Michael Grinston has never really served as a in on the battlefield because this is stupid. 
You are supposed to be strong. You are supposed to be fast. And there's a reason. You're fighting for your life. You're fighting for the lives of the people around you. Now they've changed it so that, oh, well, we can have a 110-pound chick that can do 10 push-ups and then suddenly uh, I'm on the battlefield and I'm shot. Who's going to get me off the battlefield? I guess we just leave them there. This is, this is so annoying. And, I, and how is this a step moving forward? We're lowering the standards. We're making it that weaker people can join the military and fight. Well, I don't believe women should be fighting anyway. It's, that's, a, that's a man thing. that I, If a woman wants to fight, go right ahead, but she's got to meet the same standards. And be prepared. This crap is going to happen with our special forces. Can you imagine a Navy SEAL, 110-pound female Navy? There's a reason there are no women in the Navy SEAL. They, the SEALs, they allow them in. A, a, a female can try out for the Navy SEALs, but she has to meet standards. That's why they're such an elite force. Navy SEALs, Delta Force, the Green Berets. I, there's a reason these folks are, so, are elite. It's because they can pick up trucks and stuff. Okay, anyway, so here's here's what's here's some of the details. So the the program's going to go live on April 1st, but information or um the results of the tests won't be put in until October. So they will start implementing this, but it won't go on anybody's record until October. Um they've changed it now. It's a six event test. Uh this includes core strength push-ups, deadlifts, uh, uh, you have to be able to throw, you have to be able to run. Okay. Um, the standards will be different for men than women. They're almost doubled for men. So an example of this would be a female soldier between 17 and 21 needs to be able to deadlift 120 to 210 pounds, anywhere within that range. Now, a deadlift is basically you pick up a bar and you stand up. That's all it is. It tests lower back strength. Um, this is very, very... Men, they have to do it between 140 and 340 pounds. Now, deadlifts are kind of important because if somebody has fallen in the field, you need to be able to pick them up. And a deadlift is typically how you get them up. I'm surprised they don't do a clean, which means they put them over their shoulder, put something over your shoulder. Because that's typically how you carry somebody. But if you can't, if you can only deadlift 120 pounds, yeah, we're going to be leaving injured soldiers on the field. It's real. That's really pathetic. Female soldiers have to run two miles between 23:22 and 15:29. Men between 13:20, uh, 20. Men, uh, male soldiers have to run. Uh, between, I think it's 10.22 and 13.22. I, you listen, you can't run. You shouldn't be in the military. So you're talking 12, 13-minute miles is what you have to do. This is incredible. If you can't run, you should be running 8 to 10-minute miles. Just leg tucks have been removed. Leg tucks is when you actually sit on a bench or sit on something, or I'm not sorry, you put your arms on a bar and you tuck your, you hang, basically it's a dead hang, and then you bring your legs up to, uh, you bring your legs up towards your chest. They got rid of it because they felt that it's a test of core strength, abdominal strength, 
uh, lower back. So it's, it's a very important test. If you can't do that, it's, uh, it, well, excuse me, it's not if you can't do that. Uh, the reason they want you to be able to do that, of course, you need to be able to pick things up again. They got rid of that one because they felt it was unfair to women because the, it requires hand strength and grip strength. It, just incredible. It, we're just we're just creating weaker soldiers is essentially what we're doing. Here's a here's a kicker. There are men that can't do this either. There are lots of men that that can't do um, leg tucks. And guess what? They shouldn't be in the army. If you can, if you're a man and you can't run, I don't want a man who can't run a thirteen who who can't run a thirteen twenty two mile. They should get rid of him too. Absolutely incredible. So let's make a weaker army because... And meanwhile, China and Russia... Well, Russia is army is terrible. But China, they're talking. They think their their army is too effeminate. They want to make a more masculine army. Ugh. I mean, this comes, this comes on the same week that the United States announced that the United States Navy is only in margin has the marginal ability to fight a war right now. That's how bad, that's the training, that's equipment, that's the ships. They think we're only marginal. So what do they do? They make it weaker. Okay, the article continues. Steam picked up for the army planners to create a new test around the time when combat arms jobs such as infantry and cavalry were open to women in 2015. The force initially sought to create gender-neutral tests and attempted to juggle dual goals of creating a more inclusive force while also creating a fitter force. You know what? It's not a fitter. It's a weaker force. And you know what? I don't really care. These guys are supposed to kill and blow things up. That's their job. I don't think inclusivity is really important in that job. Continuing, but damning findings from Rand Corporation and concerns over retention and recruitment of women crushed that ambition. Researchers at Rand found that only 52% of enlisted active duty women were able to pass the original design for the ACFT, compared to 92% of men in their congressionally mandated study released Wednesday. Only 42% of women in the National Guard and 41% in the Reserve could pass. Okay, what does that tell you? They sh then, then we should only have, those people should not be in. Just like the 8% of men who couldn't pass shouldn't be in. Incredible. That's just awesome. Way to go. This is, this is not a serious country. It's just not a serious country. Well, Donald Trump, in our second story, Donald Trump has finally decided to use the law to go over all those it go after all those idiots that started this Russian collusion thing. The lawsuit states, I think it's kind of clever too. The lawsuit states, quote, in the run up to the 2016 presidential election, Hillary Clinton and her cohorts orchestrated an unthinkable plot, one that shocks the conscience and is an affront to the nation's democracy. Acting in concert, the defendants maliciously conspired to weave a false narrative that the their Republican opponent, Donald J. Trump, was colluding with a hostile foreign sovereignty. The actions taken in the furtherance of this of their scheme 
falsifying evidence, deceiving law enforcement, and exploiting access to highly sensitive data sources are so outrageous, subversive, and incendiary that even the events of Watergate pale in comparison. I love, uh, you know, you, you know Trump had something to do with this. It wasn't just written by a lawyer because it's all right, but the exaggerations are just so insane here. Continuing, under the guise of opposition research, data analytics, and other political stratagems that Democrat defendants nefariously sought away the public trust, nefariously, good word. <clears throat> by the way, usually in a usually when you're dealing, you can tell Trump did this because usually in a law brief, you don't use words like nefarious. You don't use uh, adjectives, words like nefariously. Continuing, they worked together with a single self-serving purpose to vilify Donald Trump, vilify Donald Trump. Indeed, their far-reaching conspiracy was designed to cripple Trump's bid for presidency by fabricating a scandal that would be used to trigger an unfounded federal investigation and ignite a media frenzy. Um, so basically, what Trump's lawsuit does is it's going to use U.S. RICO laws against organized crime groups. I think this is brilliant. I think this is brilliant because uh, collusion, in this case, it, this is almost a spy ring. They were using spies, which is illegal. And if you sit back and you use RICO, you get around the whole politics thing. You're basically saying they broke the law and we can prove it. And if this happens to be Russian disinformation, that means there was some conspiracy and there was some, um, uh, there was some spying, spycraft going on. So this is actually a very clever move. Uh, he, he's going to go after folks like Hillary Clinton, the DNC, James Comey, just to name a few, and he's asking for $24 million. Uh, seems kind of uh, kind of like a, a low cost, but okay. I don't think it's the money. I think he just wants this whole thing in court. And that's what he wants. He wants this in court. Uh, I, I personally think, and he can't do this, but I personally think he should also sue MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the AP, Reuters. He should sue them all. Because they kept pushing this. I mean, they ruined his presidency, basically. And they created this narrative that they still go on today. Now, the problem is he'd have a problem because he's a public figure and he's a politician and they can pretty much say whatever they want about him. But they're still saying the same crap. And he's a private citizen. There's got to be a point he can sit there and say, listen, guys, enough's enough. Of course, he probably won't. He probably can't. And the reality is probably nothing is going to come of this. I doubt this is ever going to see the inside of a courtroom. But the reality is it's, a, it's, a, it's good. Use the courts against the, the leftists because the, they use the courts against us all the time. But anyway, I don't, yeah, I don't think anything's going to come of it, but I think it's a good move. So the day ends with the why. So that means there's got to be something new that's racist. And uh, there is. So here's the racism de jour. Uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who is a New York Times reporter and the creator of the, six, uh, the, the BS 1619 Project, just got everyone all riled up on social media uh, when she tweeted, quote, tipping is a legacy of slavery. Tipping, like 
going to a restaurant and handing somebody money because they served you well. Tipping. I want to make clear that you giving your money to somebody else is racist. Now, okay, so let me start that over. Tipping is a legacy of slavery. <laughs> you know, everything's a legacy of slavery. I've got my cat in a hat right here. I bought it. You know why? It's a legacy of slavery. Okay, anyway, uh, tipping is a legacy of slavery. And it's not optional. Then it shouldn't be a... If it's not optional, then it shouldn't be a tip. Actually, tips are optional. If I don't like somebody the way they acted, I don't give them a tip. Or I give them a very low tip. So that's kind of a weird thing to say. Uh, and if it's not optional, then it, should be, it shouldn't be a tip, but simply included in the bill. Have you, well, there's a reason it's not necessarily included. Sometimes it is, but there's a reason it's not necessarily included in the bill. And it's because a lot of time you want to give cash, so it's not taxed. That's why a lot of companies don't, in, restaurants don't include the bill. But someone like Nicole Hannah-Jones doesn't know that because she's never had a real job. Continuing, have you ever stopped to think why we tip? Like, why tipping is a practice in the United States and almost nowhere else? Okay, right off the bat, she's full of crap. Tipping's all over the place. You, you, you tip in other countries, too. You tip in Mexico. You actually do tip in Mexico. You tip in Canada. I guess when you live in your little bubble. Apparently, this broad just doesn't tip. Okay, so here's the problem. Uh... There is a an economic and political historian that follows her because he thinks the 1619 pro project was such crap. He started following her and analyzing everything she said. Yes, it's kind of online stalking, but he sits there and he attacks her every time she says something stupid. Well, he tweeted back, wait, what? That's what he tweeted back. He then did some something leftist hates. He threw some facts at her. He noted that tipping was not isolated to just the United States. Posting, He posted a good housekeeping guide on how to tip in other countries. So in other words, they actually have articles on what you tip in other countries. He also cited a scene from the William Shakespeare play Twelfth Night where they talked about giving gratuities to servers. Hannah Jones, of course, she responded because she, she's an idiot. She's stupid. She doesn't realize, okay, I'm wrong. I might as well just either delete the tweet or move on. She doesn't do that. She never, it's like with the 1619 Project when 50 people, the only article she wrote in the 1619 Project, they fact-checked everybody, historians fact-checked it's wrong. If you don't know what she did, in the 1619 Project, she said that, um, the American Revolution was because the founding fathers wanted, they fought England because they wanted to keep slavery, even though England had slavery too. So that's why we actually fought the Revolutionary War. Yeah, it, fact check, false. And every historian in the world. Again, remember this. If you read the first, you read the introduction of a book and there is BS in the introduction, the book is completely irrelevant. You might as well throw it out. That was the introduction to the 1619 Project. You can be pretty assured that the rest of the book was BS. And I read it. It's, yeah, it's BS. So Hannah Jones, of course, she doubles down on it. This is what she tweeted back to him. 
Quote, I know your obsession with my Twitter account is unrelenting because it's the only time anyone pays attention to your tweets. But come on, you can't discredit me. You're not converting anyone or revealing anything by going behind my block to stalk my Twitter for tweets you can post to invite scorn. This is about you hoping to bring attention to your otherwise attention to you otherwise don't get and fill that's what she said I'm sorry it doesn't make sense to me and fill some bitter bitter hole you have sad so sad do you realize everything is about her uh, she doesn't address the facts I mean she's an extreme narcissist don't get me wrong she is an extreme narcissist but she doesn't really Talk about the facts here that he posted up. I mean, he didn't just write it down. He showed articles. He gave links that made her post BS. And all she called it was, "You, it's attack on me. It's bad, blah, blah, blah. You're pathetic. You know, address the facts. He, I don't know. He convinced me. She's absolutely correct. I would have never seen this unless I... Uh, unless I wasn't following Nicole Hannah-Jones. But, you know, whatever. It's all about her. And she is discredited. She was discredited a long time, by the way. The only people who give her credit are the leftists. The leftist institutions. They Like the New York Times. Like the college she teaches. Where she teaches. Those are the only ones that give, nobody else gives her that, that kind of credit. Now... I love libs of TikTok. Oh yeah, there's more racism. Yeah, of course there is. I love libs of TikTok. It's she's a fantastic journalist, and she's just runs an account on Twitter. And I'm I'm shocked she hasn't been banned yet. I really am because Twitter bans anybody. You say a man's a woman. She says it all the time, but kind of in a round in such a rounded way that you can't really say she violated yes calling a man a, saying that a man can't be a woman is a violation of twitter rules i don't i i don't get it but she goes around it so much that people they can't ban her she did create two accounts by the way because she knew that she would get banned. Well, one of her followers sent her a flyer. I guess this person works at Home Depot and um there was a flyer that was posted and uh unfortunately for Home Depot, uh it went viral. Here it is. It is Home Depot, it's got their paper, leading practices unpacking privilege. Let's let's go through this a little bit. Uh Privilege, then it first defines privilege, Privilege, a noun, a special benefit or advantage that may be earned or unearned. Note, a person may or may not be aware they are benefiting from privilege. That's great. So then they define social privilege and white privilege, social privilege, special unearned advantage or entitlement used to one's own benefit or to the detriment of others. These groups can be advantage-based on social class, age, disability, ethnic or racial category, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, and religion. Then there's white privilege. Societal privileges that benefit white people beyond what a, what is commonly experienced by people of color under the same social, political, and economic circumstances. So basically what they're saying is all the white people who work at Home Depot are privileged. 
I got news for you. Josie used to work at Home Depot. She said the job sucked. I doubt anybody who is working at Home Depot feels privileged. They work their ass off. They get very little money. And they, you know, it, 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 it's, it's supposed to be just an awful job. Okay, and so then they have all sorts of things. Um, what pr- This is great. This is great. What privilege looks like? So they, they've got little sections here. Say, if you're confident the police exist to protect you, you have white privilege. Well, here's the thing. Don't commit crimes and the police will leave you alone. If I, I got news. I know a lot of black people. I know a lot of Mexicans that have no problem with police. They, they don't have an issue. Asians don't go to jail at all, practically, statistically speaking. I don't think they're worried about the police. I'll even go so far as to say that a lot of people, when they had this defund the police movement, a lot of blacks, a lot of Hispanics, yeah, I think it it, it was in the 80s, 80 percentile, said they didn't want the police defunded. So, no, yeah. If gro- This is the second one. If, if while growing up, college was an expectation of you, not a dream, you may have class privilege. Um... Okay, I, I'm not exactly sure uh, going to college, an expectation of college. Shouldn't, as a parent, you, everyone, be expected to go to college? Everybody? It's available to everybody. And you can, if you work hard, you will end up in college. I don't think that has anything to do with class. I know a, a buddy of mine. I used to work with him, black guy. His parents expected him to go to college. And they were not they were not rich. What did he do? He worked hard, got a scholarship, got into college. It's actually quite easy to get into college. Okay, if you can expect time off from work to celebrate your religious holidays, you have Christian privilege. Um, you know something? I this annoys the crap out of me. Don't Jews and Muslims get Christian holidays off too? I also know that if you're Jewish and you need to take Passover off, you can take it off. It's Christian privilege. Yeah, it's just breaking down everything. White people, um, people who are better off, uh, Christians. It's just breaking down all of the norms. That's all it does. If you can use public bathrooms without stairs, fear, or anxiety, you have cisgender privilege. Jesus. So if I don't want a woman in the men's restroom, if a woman comes into the men's restroom and I'm taking a dump next to her, I'm not comfortable doing that. So um, I, I have fear and anxiety. So is that cisgender privilege then? And by the way, who doesn't feel uncomfortable going into a restroom? I mean, you've got those troughs, you're you're taking a leak in the men's restroom and you're standing next to another guy, you don't know what he's looking at. I mean, aren't you uncomfortable anyway? Aren't you always uncomfortable in a restroom? Aren't women always uncomfortable in the restroom? You ever wonder why women go in pairs to the restroom? I bet it's not to talk about things. I bet it's because they're uncomfortable. I mean, this, this, this thing is so stupid. If you can use the public bathrooms without stairs, fear, or anxiety. So, yeah, uh... Yeah, I don't know. If you don't have to worry about how to get into a store, you have able-bodied privilege. So now we're going to handicap people. I have able-bodied privilege because 
everything works on me? If you don't have to explain that your spouse is one of the same gender, you have heterosexual privilege. So, you know, if I'm married to a woman, I should feel uncomfortable telling people that they're a woman. So I sh- that's, that's what I have to do. And if you are married, if you're a man and you're married to another man, why should you, that, doesn't that sound like it's kind of a you problem? If you're uncomfortable saying you're married to a man? No, I don't have privilege. I'm married to a woman and I'm not uncomfortable with it. That's not my problem. That's your problem. Just like the uh, the gay couple who's married, if they're feeling uncomfortable, well, that's that's a them problem. They should not have a problem with it. Listen, Home Depot responded to this thing because it went viral. Uh, the company acknowledged that this was a resource from a, their Canadian division, but it wasn't actually approved for distribution by the, or created by their diversity, equity, and inclusion department. So their their diversity, equity, and inclusion department did not did not actually approve or create this bull. I almost said B, I almost said the BF, full BS, but BS. The fact that they have a corporate diversity, equity, and inclusion department tells me that this thing was created and approved by the corporate diversity, equity, and inclusion department. Home Depot stated, while we fully support diversity across our company, this material was not created or approved by our corporate diversity, equity, inclusion department. This was a resource in our Canadian division and part and not part of any uh, required programming. Hey, you know something? I, I think Home Depot should come to grips with this. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of rich elites or Antifa or BLM folks walking into Home Depot to buy things. Because I don't see a lot of those people needing material to build their, that table they've been looking for or repair anything within their homes. So, that's fine. You but they can do what they want. They're a private company. I'll just I don't even shop there anyway. I shop at Lowe's. But now I will be more motivated to shop at Lowe's. Okay. Well, we have to have some we have to have some fun before it's Friday and I'm almost finished. So, let's do. I wasn't going to do this, but last No, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'll I may I may post this on a I may post this on Rumble instead. Yeah, never mind. Okay, hey, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I hope you have a great weekend. NCAA is going to be insane. UCLA plays tonight. Final Four will be determined on Sunday night. Have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. (laughs) 